Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 58th episode of the podcast on February 21st, 2014. That's been a couple weeks. We're getting used to our you know, every other week schedule again now that football season is over. Mm-hmm. And now we're looking more towards basketball. And you know what? In a couple weeks, we're going to be talking about March Madness. We're very, yeah. very close. You know, those those conference tournaments and then the big dance, and we're going to break down our bracket. It's going to be good times. How have you been, Joel? Uh, good. Um, it's interesting that you were, like, mentioning March Madness because, like, it it does relate to some of our – uh, our video game things that we talk about in, in your other podcast and mm-hmm. how, uh, I can't remember, a few weeks ago where they, they were talking about how they were going to start doing video game tournaments now is like March Madness. Like, that's how they're going to do the pools and stuff. Yeah. Apparently, they're going to, like, develop the seating, like, from what you've done, um, you know, throughout all the different tournaments that you go to. And I, I was like, whoa, it's really, that's like, I never thought that they'd actually start doing it like that. But It's a smart way of doing things, you know, taking mm-hmm. past yeah. play into account. But then it, you know, you got to think for those that are in your first times, they got to put them right at the 16th. Yeah, or whatever I mean, the that's, that's the season. thing that's going to be tough. Well, it will be interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start with some of the quick hits. And I know we also have to look back, and I just <laughs> realized this, we got to look back at our past episodes, see how things have changed, um, but the, we're going we're to start with Marcus Smart, and he has already served his suspension for what we're about to talk about. This is why we keep it in the, the quick hit section as opposed to getting into the red zone with the three biggest sports stories of the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Smart for Oklahoma State and their college basketball team, he was running down a fast break on you know, defensively. Mm-hmm. He kind of tumbles into the crowd. It's a, a road game at Texas Tech. And one of the Texas Tech super fans shares some words with him. Marcus Smart takes some exception and pushes said fan. Uh, only got a technical foul. Did not get ejected. They you know, look at it later. The NCAA does and you know, hands down a three-game suspension, which that team has fallen apart. And you would know that in the Big 12. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Unfortunately, they swept us. It was uh, like two like really close games. Um, but you know, not having him, though. What's surprising about that team is that uh, he's not. I mean, he started off the year really hot. But besides that, I, like I think that there's a better pro prospect on that team besides him. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody else is talking about the other player on the team. I mean, that's that's what's interesting about that. Um, but uh, would that be I mean, for posterity's re- sake? What? Who would that player be for posterity's sake? Oh, shoot. I'm trying to think who it was. Oh, I, I, I um, remember watching one of their games and they, they were talking him I want to say that he's like somebody on the inside, um, like one of their bigger players. We'll um, keep talking and I'll look it up for you. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is interesting because uh, I, I believe that you, you did mention earlier about how, you know, that particular fan, um, you know, I think oh, was it when a long time ago when they were playing Texas A and M or something they they caught this fan on oh, camera yeah. or something uh, you know like flipping the bird. Um, it wasn't necessarily. I was giving them like the the what for the. Oh yeah, yeah. The, but um, near and yeah. But I mean, you know, obviously. I just said that like an old person, like giving them the what for <laughs> <laughs> a bullet. <laughs> um, obviously, like you know it. We're we're not completely sure what this person was saying, but we can imagine it was, you know, something, you know, t- you know, really intense to to make that to give that kind of reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I, I will say one thing about Marcus Smart. I know that when we one time when we played him, he wouldn't shake uh, one of our players, Aaron Harris's hands after the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I you know I don't really know you know. 
his attitude and everything like that. But you'd imagine like he's supposed to be their leader. He's right. supposed to set the example. And if he's running into the crowd and, you know, trying to attack fans, then it, I don't really think that that's the person that you want leading that team. I don't think, you know, trying to attack fans is, is the right way to put it. I'll, I'll give him some credit there. And I think, you know, this has kind of been an eye-opening experience for him. I think it'll turn around. Mm-hmm. I think Markel, Markel Brown is, I think, the name you're looking for. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just have um, to put it in there yes. in case he does yeah. go pro. Yeah, and then... he's, um, <laughs> He is, uh, I believe, what's interesting is that he is one of the players, one of the three players that people are considering for Big 12 Player of the Year, not Marcus Smart. Interesting. So, um, I believe it's him, uh, one of the Baylor, the, the, the Baylor kid that, uh, I think, no, it was it Baylor or, uh, now I can't really remember either, but, no, it was I, the Iowa State kid that went for like oh, 60 yeah, yeah, yeah. points or something, um, and then our point guard, Juwan uh, Staten. Um, so, so, those are the three guys, at least in the Big 12, that a lot of people are looking at for, you know. They're probably getting nominations for player of the year. Probably won't get it because the, the conference is so balanced. And, you know, usually teams that have leading scorers, there's like two or three of them on the team. Um, not as much defense. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... This it's, Texas Tech fan, you know, he claims in a statement that he said, you know, that he was a piece of crap. Mm-hmm. I'm not totally buying that. Uh, I think that may there may have been... There was some. There's also some talk that there may have been some racial slurs mm-hmm. yeah. there, uh, and that wouldn't surprise me. And I, I think it goes back to you can definitely tie it into almost just you know, society today and what people think they can get away with. I would never, you know, talk crap about you know any player, pro or college. Like I'm when I go to a game personally, I'm there to watch. I'll occasionally boo if things are bad, but I'm not going to be yelling obscenities. That's not your place as a fan. And mm. I know people say that you pay money, you get the right to do that. No, you don't. It's almost like the same, you know, the argument of freedom of speech and how flawed some people think that is. You think when you say use inflammatory marks that they're won't be consequences. You think that because you have freedom of, spe- of speech that absolves you from any wrongdoing if you use such remarks? No. You know, freedom of speech is for, you know, the government can't punish you. They can't put you in jail for what you say. You can lose jobs. People can fight back. People can do all sorts of things because of your speech. So this fan thinking that he has the ability to do things like that uh, you know it, it's I'm not I'm surprised that it doesn't happen more often mm-hmm. in sports especially with basketball and them being as close and you know watching that replay I know that I just look at the lady next to him and I, you, you may as well but you know the lady next to him after Marcus Smart shows the guy who just points at him and goes oh She's just you watch you look at that angle and you'll see what I mean. This this lady just like has her mouth open like pointing like oh he did it what look, look at him he did something wrong <laughs> and like that's I don't know that's what draws my eye. I I, yeah, I mean a lot of opposing fans, you know they they want they want to get in players' heads basically, you know make them have a bad game like some kind of psychological thing. I mean that's. That's really what a lot of the fans are there for and why they If the do. fans are just... that forward thinking about that, if that's their reasoning, that's I think that's almost giving them too much credit. No, no. It, 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 the, the thing that's weird about it is that, um, you know, now the way that's like e- even student sections organize themselves, they get like specific chants based on who the player is. And then they always pick out one player to like give the hardest. Usually it's like the best player on the other team to give like the hardest time to. And it's, you know, they organize all these different things depending on what the situation is. And it's just, like, I can understand you want to be excited for your team and everything. But, like, I think when it gets to the point that you're, like, putting the other person down, like, I mean, that that's the stuff that I don't really understand. Like, wh- why people get so angry about things and... I mean, that that goes to a whole different conversation of, like, you know, 
people personally and how they are, but um no, I, I have I, nothing I have nothing wrong with, you know, group cheers, mob mentality, that kind of thing. I think that's totally understandable. But I think if when the people who are on their own and you know making it personal in a way, I think saying that it's just to get in the you know opponent's head, I think that's giving them too much credit. Personally, that's my it, opinion. It's, I mean, it is kind of scary to think like if there was a, you know, if you had enough people, um, you know, acting that way with that many people in a, in a place, it, like it, it could get really bad if, if something like that happened. And I think that's the thing that I always worry about is like if, if you, if, if you have a player who's walking towards a crowd or something like that. If they go up into the crowd, something really bad could happen. Like, yeah. not just the like the person with this like you know athlete coming towards them, but the athlete themselves. Like, and then all you know, all the people involved with the team and stuff. But and trust me, all the comparisons with the you know the malice at the palace, the the palace brawl, Pacers and and Pistons. Like, I'm, I'm well aware of like all those comparisons that were made to that event and how how crazy things can get and maybe i'm just weird for thinking that like i go to a sporting event and i act with a sense of decorum and i'm just there to watch and study the game and not not yell at other players yeah one like it's like you pay to go there but like you can lose your right to be there which is exactly what happened with this guy Mm -hmm. like i mean he's done justifiably so so absolutely and yeah, you know, that that clip you were talking about with Texas saying, and not only did he give the the comeuppance, whatever you want to call that, but then he like he stuck out his tongue and was like, Wah. like, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? You're an idiot. Let's get into that red zone though. More mm-hmm. co- more basketball. Actually, mm-hmm. we we're talking you know professional basketball on the NBA. Uh, their season's passed. Not only the All Star festivities, but also the trade deadline. Quick uh, All Star tangent. I don't know if you saw the the celebrity game, which was was, was a bit entertaining. But I want to want to put it out there that it's kind of a joke when it comes to fans voting for things like you know celebrity game MVP for the best dunk and the the dunk contest was a whole other mess of just not that watchable fun. Um, the celebrity game featured, you know, two-time defending MVP Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. and of course he has his legion of fans. Mm-hmm. I personally don't see the appeal in Kevin Hart. <laughs> I maybe I'm out of the joke. Maybe I'm just not in his demographic. But the way he was acting at the celebrity game, I found to be petulant. Mm-hmm. I found to be immature, and I've, he's just talking about how he's going to be a three-time MVP. There was an interview with Skylar Diggins, and he basically, you know, she was saying, how, you know, we're going to shut him down, all this stuff. Skylar Diggins, you know, WNBA player, uh, one of the best Notre Dame players uh, that they've ever had. And he was basically all but, you know, falling short of saying that she wants the D. Uh, it was ridiculous um so he doesn't have a good game he has maybe two four points whatever and you know a handful of assists and this other player arnie duncan uh, secretary of education has a much better game he's played professional basketball he's got skills so then they ask fans vote for the mvp and kevin hart technically wins the mvp through fan Mm -hmm. vote and it's just like why and at least he had the class to Give the MVP over to Arnie Duncan, who did have the better game. Yeah, but things like that. So All Star Weekend was kind of crazy for the NBA. Then we get to the trade deadline, mm-hmm. and not much happened. Not as exciting of a trade deadline, though. The biggest move. I wanted to get your opinion. Uh, the Pacers and 76ers. 76ers trying to offload players. They are not a good team. Trying to get picks, you know. When when you're a bad team, you want to trade, you know, good players away sometimes just to get, you know, think towards the future in a way. Mm-hmm. 
And so Indiana Pacers traded Danny Granger, who had, was an all-star for the past couple years. He's become their sixth man, been riddled with injuries. Trades him to Philadelphia. And then Evan Turner uh, goes to the Indiana Pacers, the mm-hmm. swingman from Ohio State a couple years ago. Also, Lavoy Allen, I think it's a forward, also goes to Indiana. Uh, that was the most notable move. What do mm-hmm. you think about it? Well, I mean, you know, it. I think it, it definitely gives Indiana more depth, which they already have a lot of anyways. Um, I mean, I guess, it's, you know, trades are usually just based on uh, needs right. most of the time. Um, I don't know. I don't really have a problem with it. It's going to be interesting because you know, this is Indiana's year. Mm-hmm. This is the year that they are wanting to make the push for the title. And you know, Danny Granger, he's got playoff experience. Mm-hmm. Evan Turner, no such playoff experience. Uh, we'll see if you know that impact. I mean, they must they chemistry. must have felt comfortable with what you know with what they had. Otherwise, I don't think they would do it because I, I I like. I think right now, if I had to pick, I'd probably, you know, have them winning at all, mm-hmm. as it is. But you, you think if they weren't comfortable with it, that they wouldn't do that, right? Yeah, I, I, you'd think so. I, I also have to question, you know, the impact on the team chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's a team that, they're right there with Miami. Uh, it's going to come down to, I think, those two teams. as They're the, clearly the best two teams in a very weak Eastern Conference mm-hmm. this year. Um, the other trade that, or actually the lack thereof, you know, Pau Gasol still sitting or you know, staying with the Lakers, mm-hmm. uh, and then they you know, get rid of Steve Blake, the point guard, for a, a couple pieces here and there. Uh, Lakers are not in a good spot right now, but you know I think you got your money that they'll be able to work with in the next couple of years. They're a couple moves away from being right back in the thick of it. I mean, you know, the history of the NBA tends to lead more towards Lakers success. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Looking at the standings, though, as we're we are a little you know, past the halfway point, but kind of looking forward to the upcoming playoffs, you do have Miami, who's one and a half games back of Indiana, who's having a great year, 41-13. and 13. Uh, you know, We were talking about how they did start off the season you know, several episodes ago mm-hmm. with that you know, long winning streak. That's definitely helped them. And then you have... Toronto, who's 12 games back of Indiana <laughs> in the third place. Uh, so it's clearly my, Indiana and Miami, you know, the top two in the East. And, you know, Charlotte's sitting at the eighth spot, 25 and 30. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's right now Indiana, Miami, Toronto, Chicago, Washington, Brooklyn, there's Atlanta, like not, Charlotte. I mean, there's really barely any games between, like, the what, like the last four teams or something yeah it, it's pretty dreadful you know milwaukee's 10 and 44 and mm-hmm. 31 games back of first place it's pretty <laughs> pretty crazy uh in the west it's a little closer but still you know there's a disparity you do have oklahoma city sitting at the top and they looked awful against miami last night the return <laughs> of russell westbrook you know, you've had Kevin Durant, who's been carrying that team, and to introduce Westbrook in that kind of game, I think might have been a little miscited. Yeah, you got to introduce him slowly back. The stats out there, he took the third most shots last year. So mm-hmm. you can't just you know suddenly reintroduce him and expect things to be fine. Though that was also more of a defensive effort that mm-hmm. was just not there. Uh, San Antonio's two and a half back in second place. Houston five and a half back in third. And then it goes the Clippers, Portland, Phoenix, Golden State, and Dallas. Some surprises in there. Uh, you definitely have you know Portland, who's among the you know, better surprises this year. Mm-hmm. Good to see Phoenix there. They had been struggling for years. Yeah. Uh, and then Dallas slipping in. And Golden State, good to see that they're still in playoff contention after you know last year with Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got to make the play and ask the question with the predictive element of the show. Do you still have the Heat winning the title? Because, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were thinking that, you know, the Heat are the prohibitive favorite. Mm-hmm. But if we had to make a pick other than the Heat, and I'm trying to remember who you chose. I know I had Indiana and San Antonio in the 
dreadful finals matchup in terms of television markets. <laughs> um, you're in the playoffs, uh, you know, Indiana, I mean, almost had the Heat. It's true. I, I think a lot of people thought that that series was kind of over. And then... And then they just played terrible <laughs> the last couple of games. Um, I, don't, I, I think Indiana improved overall as a team a lot more than I thought they would over the offseason. Um, and I it really, I mean, you got to the point where they ma- they just match up so well with Miami. Um, and I, I think starting the year off with that long, you know, longer winning streak and, you know, to get to this point in the season and still be ahead of Miami, that's a really good sign. Yeah. Um, and so I, I honestly, I think this year, I think Miami uh, would. Uh, I'll go with Indiana. Yeah, I think right. Indiana can beat them. I agree with you. Uh, I'm going to stick with my prediction there of. If not Miami, I'm, I'll go with Indiana and San Antonio. I, you know, that's mm-hmm. looking like a. I've made bad predictions in the past. I think this one is one that could hold true, and I think you're right. The fact that they've kept it together, of course, you know, injuries can change anything. Yeah, I mean, I I think if 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 Russell Westbrook could get to you know playing a lot better, mm-hmm. that could help Oklahoma City out. But I, I think in reality, what would have to happen is Kevin Durant would just have to be. Superman. Yeah, yeah. And, and score you know, like crazy. Ask, can he know? continue this streak that he's on? Yeah. Especially with yeah, the I mean, reintroduction of Westbrook. Yeah, I think that that's what would have to happen in order for that. But, but I just think San Antonio is a better overall team. They don't need somebody to score a ton of points to win a game. No, they got to have Tony Parker come back from injuries right now for sure, as uh, you know, Greg Popovich said, a variety of maladies. Uh, but... You know, they're a team with a lot of playoff experience, and I think when you start doubting the Spurs, that's never a good sign. So, I mean, uh, they almost had it last year. They really did. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I think it would be best for the NBA to have Miami and Oklahoma City, you know, the two best players in the world right now. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be great for the league, but I'm going to go with the not-sexy matchup of Indiana and San Antonio. So go with, like, the do best not. Team, not the best. There you go. Players. Do not have the Heat winning the title. No three-peat. Mm-hmm. 10-yard line, and this shows you know over a couple weeks how you know, dated stories can be because you know a couple days after our last episode, this was, this was a hot topic. You want to talk yeah. about it? Um, let's see. Uh, Michael Sam, the All-American defensive lineman from the Missouri Tigers. I believe he won... Um, Defensive player, the SEC defensive player of the year. Co-defensive player, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that was also with, uh, might have been C.J. Mosley. That sounds, yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Um, he, uh, you know, recently in the past couple weeks did some interviews with uh, ESPN and the New York Times and, you know, basically came out to the public that he was gay. Um you know his, you know, close friends. Uh, I believe is the football team. Um, they've all known for. Some, I'm sure his close friends have known for some time, but the football team's known for over a year. And uh, so you know, it just kind of more close knit kind of thing. But uh, you know, I guess he decided that he, you know, just wanted to tell his story. And uh, you know, I there's there. there <laughs> The thing that I don't understand is that there's there's a lot of people saying like, oh, why do you have to like tell everybody kind of thing? And it's like he just wanted to. I, I don't think that uh, you know, it's if he's if he wants to say it, then why not? I mean, I'd, I that's the thing that I never understood about that kind of response. Is, do people is, really <laughs> have a problem? I just with don't him? understand. With him making the decision on his own terms, exactly. Really, I mean, is... and that's and that's the reason this this story has been talked about a lot more than you know you even would think that it would be is because of think people assuming things like that. And uh, you know, it is amazing 
in this day and age that his teammates did not leak his secret to anyone, the media, the public, anything. You know, the idea was that in August of, you know, last football season, the team, you know, came together and, you know, as a, as a point of, you know, breaking the ice and, you know, strengthening the bonds to, between them, that they were supposed to reveal, you know, a secret about them that, you know, hardly anyone knew. And so this is where Michael Sam revealed to his teammates at Missouri that he was gay. Mm-hmm. You know, players, you know, not all of them. And this is, I, I was talking about this with someone. Might have been you. Mm-hmm. Or something about this recently. You don't have to, you know, ex- you don't have to support the decision mm-hmm. that Michael Sam made. But you have to at least accept him as a person, as a human mm-hmm. being. And fortunately, that's what his teammates did. You know, certain players like, you know, James Franklin, their quarterback, said, I, I don't really support it. You know, that's not the whole, the whole, it's not, you know, with my beliefs, blah, blah, blah. But he accepts him. He's a mm-hmm. teammate. He's a person worthy of respect, just like anyone is. So... We, I think we were talking about with uh, Malik McDowell a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And making his, it's not the same by any means, but it's the same sort of logic with his parents who they weren't, you know, supportive, at least it seemed, of his decision to go to school. And he ended up uh, declaring that he wants to go to Michigan State University, which was his choice, going against the wishes of his parents. But now there's some rumblings that he may be taking tours of Florida State and Ohio State. It's, it's a mess. Mm-hmm. But it was the same kind of, you know, response in that, you know, you don't have to necessarily support him, although with you know, parents, you, you think they would, but at least accept the decision. And, you know, I think it's just it's fantastic that, you know, the team came together and, and used that and didn't leak it. And it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> at the end of the day, it does not matter. And to people, it does. And we're in a time where states are making laws that they can refuse service to, you know, LGBT individuals Mm -hmm. because of their beliefs. That's unbelievable. That goes back to comparisons of segregation and Jim Crow and refusing service because of something that should not make that much of a difference. So, no. But it is a big deal for the NFL because it is the first, you know, public, uh, you know, openly. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's a key thing to say because I, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You know, in the long history of, you know, not just the NFL, but sports and, and everything, that there have been many people that just, you know, they kept it to themselves, and they, it, it, it's not a problem because it isn't a problem. Like, you know, it's just a thing that they are. Anyone and, who thinks, you know, NFL especially, but, you know, other sports included as well, anyone who thinks that they you have, not, have never stepped on the field with, you know, a gay or lesbian athlete, eh, they're kidding themselves. Oh, yeah. They're delusional. Definitely. They're in denial. And I think that's that's part of the case here. Very sad that, you know, NFL executives, when they're assessing his draft status, you know, you know, for his skills and all that, he was projected at a third round pick, uh, at, at, you know, about a third round pick. But you have NFL executives who won't put their name to these comments because they're ridiculous. Uh, saying that'd that be this... one way to lose a lot of support for your organization if you did. Yeah. I mean, basically, they're saying that this news hurts his draft status or could hurt his draft status. And it shouldn't. He's, he's very intelligent. You know, he's determined. He is a good football player. I mean, you you won that award. You know, I mean, the SEC. Yeah. Do you, and do you know how many, like, great defensive players there are in the SEC? And, and to, you, yeah. be, you know, be part of that award is... There are a lot of uh, very talented people that have received that award, you know, uh, that have played long careers in the NFL and 
quite frankly, I think if it it wasn't for him in that defense, Missouri would have not been close to where they were, you know, you know, competing that at that level in the SEC yeah. this year. Yeah, absolutely. And shouldn't that be what matters? Your your performance on the football field, your aptitude on the football field. Let's also mention, you know, he has a clean record. Yeah, he's not gotten in trouble for anything. Can't say the same for his family. My goodness, and the father's response. I mean, that's just the most heartbreaking thing of all. Is that you know when Michael Sam goes home. You know, for his hometown, he's more likely to stay with friends than family. You know, he told his parents the news, you know, about a week before he told the public in a text. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just shows you the relationship there. And the father said he got the news. He was eating at a Denny's and he didn't, he lost his appetite when he was, he was an old school guy and that Deacon Jones would be turning over in his grave. I mean, ridiculous things to say about your son. But this is a family who's had just a lot of you know, tragedy. I mean, two brothers who were in jail. One, I think it was a sister who's killed in a car accident. I, you'd think that this would be, you know, the, the family would treasure the son who's about to go to the NFL. Very, you know, successful in school and... Uh, again, hasn't gotten in trouble for anything. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's going to make a lot of money, I think, eventually. I, I think eventually, once he gets signed with the team and everything, he's going to play for a long time. Uh, you hope you know, hope for the best for him. I really do. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think, you know, some of these executives who, you know, say I might hurt his draft status, they use the argument that they don't want the distraction. And, you know, some people could interpret that as the locker room distraction, which is absurd. But also, you know, a a ridiculous argument is the idea of the media frenzy. The argument that was played out, and, you know, you and I both made note of it and how absolutely true it is. And it was also played out on places like The Daily Show. Yeah. Jon Stewart. You, You think that People who, you know, all of the heinous crimes that they commit, you know, domestic abuse. You had, you know, the Michael Vick, you know, dogfighting. People who are linked with murder. Mm-hmm. People who do all these things, and yet you think a gay athlete would be, you know, whoa, we, we can't have that in the NFL. Get your head out of your ass. I mean, we can even talk about last year with Matt Iteo. Like, yeah. I mean, a lot of people thought that that would, you know, lead to, you know, him not getting drafted and not being picked up by a team and that kind of thing. No one would want to deal with all the craziness and everything like that. First round pick. Exactly. I I think that they just looked at how he plays football <laughs> and that was it. So it leads to the question, we make the play, which round of the draft will Michael Sam be drafted in? I think he goes third round. I think some team is going to look past that. You know, I don't, like, they're going to say, I don't care how the fans think about this because, you know, I'm sure each, you know, each team has a small or large contingent of fans that are not okay with, you know, a gay player, but... You know, when you think as a football executive from a football personnel decision, you're going to want good players. And in the third round, I think Michael Sam's going to fit in well with some team. I, I think that's a really good prediction. And I actually think that um, I think it's kind of a steal mm. for the third round. I mean, like, I actually did pay attention a little bit to some of Missouri's games this year, and he clearly stood out, like, on the field. Um, I mean, he really, he's good in coverage, uh, for his size. He, um, you know, he can run down plays. Um, I think that, I think, I honestly think you could be two, like two or three different types of linebacker in the NFL. You know, a lot of teams, depending on what defense they run, 
they'll they could you could do like a three four linebacker where you know you can rush. You really don't know what they're gonna do. Yeah, that's the um, thing. Like he he played you know D line mostly on the end in college, mm-hmm. but he's looking to be more of a linebacker. That's yeah, I mean I, like. I'd love the Steelers to get him. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I was going to say, like, I think Pittsburgh would be a natural fit. Uh, maybe um, even New England, but I think I'd see Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, I, I'd say, um, really, um, because the the draft is kind. It's just all based on like you know they you kind of plan these drafts out and you you have like a list of players and once they're gone, if if they're if you don't really need them that bad, you kind of just cross them off and go to your next player that's on the board, kind of thing. And I think that he's still pretty high on a lot of people's boards. Um, I, I really don't see, the, you know, the owners, the the people in PR, all that they they can say whatever they want, but the coaches they know the, the players that they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think unless you're the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Where there's a lot more influence from the top, right, as to what players are taken, I think that you have a pretty good amount of control as to who that you want to take. And she's I, not going <laughs> to a team in Texas. My goodness. I I think that uh, you know, I I think, you know, maybe early third round. It's it's kind of just based on a lot of times it's you've got a list of players for each position and you just mm-hmm. grade them out and. It's whoever the best player available is. Sometimes you see something in like an offensive or defensive player that reminds you of something you run in your scheme. That's, you know, it's exactly like what college coaches do when they go out and recruit. They they find the players they think would fit best in their scheme. So it, I think it's just kind of based on, and I really, yeah, I really do think he's going to be like a 3-4 linebacker type. Mm-hmm. So I would look at teams that have that kind of defense that are looking for younger linebackers. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton of them, um, but yeah, third round that's definitely good. I I think that's where, um, yeah, I mean, he could even sneak into the second round. It just really depends on. I think what it depends on is how many linebackers are taken early. Mm. Um, I, that could bump him up if if a lot of linebackers get taken early, he could bump he could go up. That's true. So now this kind of story just makes you think like, wow, it's. It's 2014. Look how far we've come. But there are a lot of aspects that just think like, come on, it's 2014. Yeah. It's it, it's kind of an interesting story to talk about before we talk about the Olympics. <laughs> in Russia, in Sochi, there are no gay citizens, says I, the mayor. What is this? No, they, they are not here. So, so you say the, the Sochi Winter Olympics have you know moving on to our five yard line story have kind of been all over the place. Uh, it starts out with you know the journalists and the athletes who are in less than suitable living conditions. You know we say from a, a Western philosophy and perspective, but then certain things with you know the recent hoax of. One of the American athletes taking a picture or video of what she claimed to be a wolf roaming the halls of her hotel. I mean, it's it feels like it's been one thing after another with Sochi. But I wanted to get your opinion. You know, first off, just talking generally, because a couple weeks ago it was saying like, oh yeah, they're they're coming up and things are looking kind of crummy there. I want to get your opinion on what do you think about the Winter Olympics in general? What's your outlook on them what you know, events do you generally look forward to you know what do you think about well i mean like event? you know i i feel like hockey is a very big event just because um you know the nhl is popular um in a lot of countries uh you, you know here in canada and then you know russia always has a pretty good hockey team you know there's a lot of nhl players from there um uh, it's something that because there's a lot of fans of it, you know, whenever the Olympics aren't going on, a lot of people are going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then obviously, at least for us, when the U.S. team does well, you, you're going to have more people watching from here. Um, and there's there's just like a couple sports that they psych up, you know, they hype up a lot. Mm. Just kind of, I mean, they hype swimming so much in the summer. 
Olympics. They do. Um, and I'll, I, often I think the reason they do it here is because we're very good in swimming. I mean, like, you know, we've, we've done very well the past couple of summer Olympics. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, of course they, they added the new, um, was it the, what is that stop? I can't remember what it's called. It's like the new snowboarding. Oh, slope style. Slope style. Yeah. They yeah. added that. And that's more like, um, X games. What yep. you would see there. Um, <laughs> then the Sochi things continue like the half pipe was yeah. not done properly. And a <laughs> no. lot of athletes were complaining like, um, Oh, yeah. Sochi. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the speed skating is usually hyped up a lot yeah. because usually we have, uh, I know here we usually have a lot of athletes that uh, excel in that. Interestingly enough, this year we did not meddle in anything in speed skating. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, because I uh, today yeah. I think they did the results of the teams, and we we didn't even meddle in that either. So we didn't have any individuals or team mm-hmm. wins in that. Um, we're still winning the overall medal count. Uh, I believe it's us, then Canada, then Russia. Is that right? Or is it us? uh, Us, Russia. Us, Russia. Okay, yeah. Um, But uh, I I don't know. I mean, I think it's just kind of the thing of whenever it's live and I actually have time (laughs) to watch it kind of thing, you know, that here, because it's so far away, um, you know, they, they delay everything to prime time. So, so obviously what that does for anybody that, uh, you know, has shows that they watch, you know, during the week. Uh, most most networks don't really do anything for the couple of weeks for the Olympics. Um, if I mean, if you watch it, obviously NBC doesn't because they're showing the Olympics at that time. Yeah, they but don't want to go up against competition. Exactly, it's really it's a really smart thing to do because it's. I think it's tough, and I know that uh, one of the interesting things is that. Um, have you seen those, uh, what is it? It's called the Chromecast. It's like a little yeah. USB thing mm-hmm. that you, you plug, or HDI thing that you plug in. Apparently, like, Google has sold, like, a ton of those because of the Olympics this year. Interesting. <laughs> so people couldn't watch it on their TV. Um, so, yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, I don't know. I mean, those are just a few things that I pay attention to, and I think that's maybe because they're hyped up a lot. And I, I, I honestly have watched more of the sledding because we've been doing better in it this year. Personally, I don't care as much for the Winter Olympics mm-hmm. because I don't play any winter sports. Now, granted, like you said, <laughs> snowball <not>, fights. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, make that an Olympic event. No, like you said, you know, I'll, I watch hockey. Like that's that's the big thing. I'll I'll watch that. Um, but a lot of other things. I don't find much interest in. I've, you know, found myself turning on the TV and something like cross country skiing relay is on. It's like, oh, it's dreadful. <laughs> like, I don't know what kind of athlete you'd have to be to be able to do that because it's. Oh, it, that's intense. I know. I don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying it's easy what they do, but it's the same sort of camera shots over and over again. And yeah, that yeah. is a long thing. It's very long, yeah. So then you, then you add in the uh, the shooting with that and the oh, the biathlon, yeah. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's tough. But I just don't see the and you know figure figure skating is another one where like I can only watch so much of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the ice dancing, you know, you had you know, the gold medalists from the United States. You know, from Michigan, and they go to the University of Michigan. Yeah. So you think like I'd be proud and, and supportive and all that. I'm like, oh, that's good. But then I, I I notice things like the the lady when she smiles. It's it's not the most appealing smile. Mm-hmm. I find it personally to be a little frightening. I don't know. <laughs> so like. That's how she got the judges to give her a good score. <laughs> you will give me the medal. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, you know, congrats to all the the U.S. athletes competing, whether or not they medal. I mean, it's it's a big accomplishment. Yeah. To go to the Olympics. Um, you you put on a good enough performance, it it does help you get back to. Abs- so. Absolutely. And I gotta 
great. I know I've been, you know, just having a lot of these, you know, gripes and mini rants, whatever. But I have to make some sort of comment about the tape delay. It, I know that it's a product of the American television format where advertising dollars rule and you're going to get all those in prime time. But I think the people who are reliant on that, I think are kind of, I'll see what you guys sneeze. <laughs> ah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I think the people that are reliant on the primetime viewings of the Olympics and they don't want to be spoiled, I think they're the reason why they keep doing that. Yeah. And I think it's it, it, it's foolish it's, and behind the times in today's 24-hour news cycle. You can uh, you can basically watch the replay if you can't watch it live on your phone. Yeah. Before that even happens, like now, it's just. Now, and I'll, really, them, really some credit. of those things you don't. <laughs> some yeah, of those yeah. sports you don't have to watch. You just would like to know the results. Exactly, exactly. I, I mean, I'll give NBC credit. They've done better, you know, this year with their live streaming and, you know, using their other networks that they have, whether it's USA or CNBC or MSNBC, NBC Sports being the big one. I think they've done a better job using those, but. The you know the primetime coverage is you know skewed towards an American bias. Of course, you could say that for for any country, but I think you know with the twenty four hour news cycle being the way it is, I think to expect people not to spoil things just so you can find out and you can watch in your prime time, I think that's asking too much. What, what I noticed like lately, there's been like all these interviews with people who have had like uh, family deaths and stuff. And they're like trying to like play like obviously that's terrible yeah like to hear about but like it seems to be happening so often that they're like specifically asked these questions in the interviews about it and like I guess they're they're trying it's, it almost seems like they're trying to get emotion out of these athletes in the yeah with the, with the Bodie Miller you know case in particular. I think it's just the sensationalism of media, of news media especially. You know, give them some space. I know that you want to yeah. rush right in, right after and get you know the first words, but uh, and it's a good story. I get it from a news angle, but I think you know some some minding of personal space would be apropos. I, I did like books. the I did like the story on the uh, the athlete that uh, I believe he was like in a motorcycle accident. And he like lost the bottom part of his leg, mm-hmm. and but he still competes in the Olympics now. Yeah, it's like the the rehab to be able to be able to do that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it takes some determination for sure. Yeah, um, but like I believe he was like a, a skateboarder or something, and then after that he became he like got into snowboarding. So yeah, no, I think. You know, NBC. Oh, and this is also the Olympics with uh, Bob Costas and the pink eye. And I don't know if you heard, uh, you know, Matt Lauer was interviewing Bob Costas and and made the crack, which I'm sure he had set up for days and had writers writing for him. But so when you're done from from Sochi, you're going to take the red eye flight home. Uh, um. Uh, did Did you hear about the results from the uh, the the figure skating the other day? Probably, but it doesn't stick with me because I just don't care. Okay. Um. Well. So, what oh, ended up oh, wait, happening? Are you going to spoil anything for anyone? <laughs> well, I mean, it they replayed it last night, yeah. So, like, it happened during the day, but um, the the defending like world champion, um, I'm trying to think what her name is, Kim Yuna, mm, yeah. Um, she, you know, she's very like art. Her 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 performances are very artistic, and 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 like that's kind of what she's known for, and um, you know skated like a perfect uh thing and event like i guess she ended up getting like just a little bit lower score than the the russian girl and she's the one who ended up winning the gold and i don't know like i actually did watch the replays from last night and i don't really know like again because i don't watch enough of that kind of stuff i don't know how they score Mm -hmm. these things 
and um you know i think i definitely think the cheer from the crowd like the russian crowd oh, yeah. that's to get that kind of reaction kind of might influence the judges one way or the other a little bit it's but always going to be a thing with a subjective I, sport i think they kind of got it wrong <laughs> last yeah. night and and then it's it's just interesting because today there's these little slight like when asked about it there's these little like well you know kind of <laughs> kind of things and and then I, I believe one of the because none of the Amer- like Americans I think the closest one got like fourth place or something and the the one girl who got like seventh place said that they need to like reevaluate how they put their scores like apparently the way they put their scores you don't know which judge did thing and they need like she was like oh they need to be able maybe to like, they did their... that after that uh, whole controversy with you know i think it was the salt lake city games maybe with like the french judge or whatever that whole mess was uh, i mean i'm not going to be so sad to see the winter olympics go to be honest um it's it's a nice thing to see and i, I do enjoy watching the hockey for it um maybe it's a little sullied based on some of the video game things that have come out <laughs> uh, like curling oh, no. i always like to share the story of you know playing mario and sonic at the winter olympics 2010 for vancouver <laughs> uh on nintendo wii and mm-hmm. i was playing curling and i was against an opponent where uh daisy mm-hmm. was you know the the skipper well, the one the one who's throwing the stone yeah and, you know making the call to you know, the sweepers. And for whatever reason in the game, they thought it was a good idea to loop the same sound effect if Daisy's making the same call to to the sweepers. And yeah. so, like, um, it's the computer's turn, and it ends up going, like, she, you know, cast the stone, and then you just hear, <laughs> And, like, it's just, like, constant... Until like the rock goes to the end of end of the end, <laughs> it's just oh my goodness. That's why I always think that when I'm watching curling now, <laughs> and I can't help but notice at least here in Michigan, maybe there in West Virginia as well. Mm-hmm. But whenever the Winter Olympics come along, you always have people who are interested in curling, and like I, I want to play curling. Like where can I? Where can I play curling? Oh, there's a place nearby where we can play curling? Let's do that! (laughs) And then nobody cares after the Olympics pass and the cycle repeats every Winter Olympics. And it's crazy. I'm pretty sure... Who is it? Uh, I think uh, Pio on our our website, doesn't she? I think maybe she she does. Um, Northern New York wouldn't surprise me. I've known a few few people that have done it. It's just that... um, Usually, like it's again, if you were to compare it to the other ice sports, mm. uh, it's just not as popular, obviously. Yeah, and um, I think the people who are most vocal about wanting to try it are the ones who aren't going to stick with it and just that yeah. are in for the fad of, oh, that looks cool, I want to try. Yeah, but uh, you know, props to Canada, they did win that gold medal. Um, both of them, well, yeah, well, yeah they won the gold medal and then. And then they they'll and the men will end up having to play. I I don't think they're gonna win. Yeah. I I've watched that other team and they're very very good. Also, props to Canada for winning the gold in women's hockey. Uh, well, yeah. That that you know they're they're that, fourth straight I mean, gold in the Olympics. Y- you you can't finish a game like that. That's uh, oh yeah. That I mean that was like that was like watching a a team in football just completely collapsed at the end of the game. There's what five minutes left. Yeah. Three and a half. I think. Yeah. Three and a half minutes left. You're up two nothing. You got to close that. Got to put that away. It goes into overtime. Canada scores in sudden death. You know, U S and Canada had all the momentum going at overtime. U S and Canada. Like those are the two teams that have just dominated women's hockey. And they're, they're really close to removing that because it's just not competitive anymore between the other nations. Uh, Canada also beat the United States in the men's hockey game today, one nothing. Oh, sorry, spoilers. Oh, I know, but prime time is just about to start at eight o'clock. Whatever. Um, really good game, close game. Carey Price, you know, played a fantastic game in goal for Canada. Yeah, so they move on to the gold medal game against Sweden. 
I mean, yeah. it, it just, it just kind of reminded me um, of, uh, oh, who was it? Kind of just like Boston. <laughs> it reminded me of Boston in the uh, in the playoffs. You just like you couldn't get anything past them at all. Oh, uh, Tuka Rask. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, there's this. Uh, I don't know if it's from this Olympics or if it's from the Vancouver, but there's this this GIF out there of uh, the goalie like giving someone like a, a butt bump. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think down. I've seen that one. I, I oh, you got I the gifts of the uh, the figure skater making the reactions to her her scores and how they're bullshit. <laughs> you got those gifts floating around out well, there. Well, yeah, okay. Well, I I will say probably the my favorite thing about any Olympics is the gifts. Yeah, and uh, that's <laughs> that's pretty much true <laughs> for anything sports related. So. We make the play here. Who wins the men's hockey gold medal between Canada and Sweden? Uh, that one's on Sunday at 7 a.m. You know, bright and early, last day of the Olympics. We're coming up only a couple more here. And I think Canada has momentum going in. Uh, Sweden, I think you could give them a better chance if they had, you know, Captain Henrik Zetterberg uh, from Detroit, but he's, you know, out for eight weeks with a back injury. He just had surgery mm-hmm. on his back. Uh, you know, they do have good players, but. I think just Canada has, you know, the stack of NHL talent, and I think it's going to win out in the end. And goalie's playing on fire right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of thought before the game, whoever won between this would probably be able to beat Sweden. That was really surprising. I mean, United States had just a torrid offense, you know, up until this point. And so really surprising that they got shut out. Yeah, I mean that's that's how they got to the that seeding and everything. So and that's really too bad because the game between U.S. and Russia uh, that's that's an instant classic. With you know, the yeah, shootout. we didn't talk about how Russia finished. They didn't do well at all. I mean, just really unexpected. They barely made it out of groups and then lost to Finland. We a lot of people were saying, you know, is this is Finland over Russia like? One of the biggest upsets in oh, Olympic I, hockey I history. I don't think so. No, you still got the miracle on ice. You can't can't look to the present and always think it's the best. They just want to make the Olympics this Olympic special. <laughs> they just want to create sad Putin. <laughs> That's all. Uh, well, what's coming up? We got you know some big basketball games this weekend mm-hmm. in college basketball. Syracuse and Duke. Syracuse finally lost. Yeah, Boston College. Now that's a big upset. That's crazy. Like a team with that many losses had never beaten a team with that many wins on the season. Um, I think that was the stat that was thrown out there because I think Boston College only had like seven wins versus twenty-five. Mm-hmm. The Qs. Uh, it's it's wild. Uh, but Syracuse goes to Duke. Big ACC matchup. If you remember the last game with you know the overtime, and that, that was a phenomenal game. Looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State, you know, for the the Big Ten, you know, title lead. Uh, they're pretty much tied right now. I think State's technically a half game up because of they've played one more game, but that that's going to be a big one in Ann Arbor this Sunday. Did so. did, uh, did Wisconsin or Michigan win that game? Oh, uh, Wisconsin handily okay. beat Michigan. I, I just saw that they got like a fast start, but. Uh, wasn't it like the last time they played was Wisconsin was like number three and yeah Michigan did beat Wisconsin in the first matchup of the year yeah okay so right. they they split but the second game that was a was a solid handling by the Badgers hmm. um, all right and now you got the NFL draft combine starting so it'll be interesting to see all of the different tests come in. Those, Especially no one can really like, decide on that top pick. Yeah, really. The Wonderlick test is going to be, to me, really interesting news happens. Just to see who is smart and who is not so much. <laughs> on sports radio here in Detroit, they were you know, reading some questions from the Wonderlick test. It's appalling how out of 50 questions... There are some athletes who get four questions right, six questions right out of fifty. It's do they do they uh, even like look at it? Or are they just 
fill in the blanks or fill in Your the bubbles. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I, there's no way you can be that dumb. Uh, I don't know. Well, we'll have some sports stories to get to over the next couple weeks, and mm-hmm. we'll be closer to March Madness the next time we talk yeah. to you. All right. With that, I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. We hope you enjoy the weeks in sports. Take care.